Hi, I'm Nitin Manchanda, and this is SEO in 2024. Nitin, what's your number one SEO tip for 2024? Well, it's all about AI. So my number one tip would be embrace AI for SEO and stay ahead of the game. Okay, all about AI. So let's try and um, create some practical um, advice for SEOs listening to this in terms of what is happening with AI and how that impacts the way that SEO is done. Um, so h- how do you envisage the way that um, AI is evolving will impact the SERP over the coming coming year or so? Yeah. Well, AI, I think it's becoming more and more important for SEO and for that matter, like any other marketing channel as well, because it gives businesses the tools, the insights, which are needed to stay competitive in digital uh, landscape. And uh, some of the AI applications that we are using at WordPress right now, for example, is data analysis. We do a lot of that. And uh, content production, optimization, translation, you name it. We do everything with the help of AI and it gives us 10x more efficiency. And we're also writing a lot of Python scripts to solve complex SEO problems. So there are a lot of applications that we are using AI for right now. And I think businesses can leverage like all those opportunities and much more. AI is evolving and you should, yeah, definitely embrace that. So the primary way that SEO should be using AI at the moment is not really necessarily considering the way that AI might deliver results moving forward. It's more about um, how to make their own operations as efficient as possible. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, great. It would be great to dive into that in some detail as well. So you you talked about um, being 10 times more efficient. So do SEOs have to use AI to make themselves more efficient? I mean, are SEOs that, that don't necessarily use that in their everyday activities falling behind? Yes, absolutely. I think whatever you're doing right now, if you see any patterns, if you're running, let's say, same data analysis every week, let's say week over week comparison of your data and whatnot, right? So wherever you see patterns, if you're, let's say, producing content, translating content, wherever you see pattern, right, you can think about using technology there. It brings a lot of efficiency, not just efficiency, cost effectiveness as well. So right now, if you're paying 100 euros to a content writer for writing a content piece for you, right, with the help of machines like AI, you can probably do that at half of the cost or maybe even lesser. And efficiency, you can definitely like, you know, produce a lot more content in a single click. And for getting that content manually written, it will take months and months and maybe years in some cases. Okay, so you started off talking about data there as well, data analysis. Um, So, I mean, specifically, what data is great to analyze using AI? And are you able to give us any tips in terms of specifically what AI software you would recommend using for that? Yeah, I think uh, right now we are using, uh, for example, you know, let, let's say you want to look at your data versus the competitors. I'm talking about crawl data here, right? You can feed that to AI. You can train your AI to understand that data and, you know, give you some insights. Yeah, so this is like a number one use case that we are using it for. So give to crawl data and say that, uh, and you know, ask AI to give you the difference and, you know, maybe the strengths of one brand versus the other weaknesses of one brand uh, over other, and so on. So that's uh, the data analysis I'm talking about. And apart from that, you can actually feed in like any kind of data. So feed in data, let's say for last two years, and uh, feed in data about the events which are happening, which might be affecting your seasonality, and ask AI to give you the forecast, right? 
So everything which used to take a lot of time where you were looking at hundreds of parameters and now you're feeding in some data which can help AI understand what is happening and how something would be affected and then it does the magic for you. Okay, so crawl data. So you've got an opportunity to maybe crawl a couple of competitor sites and compare and contrast and maybe find opportunities for your own site based upon that. But I mean, specifically, what AI software would you use for doing that? Well, uh, we are using like a lot of software for different applications. For data analysis in particular, what we prefer is writing our own Python scripts because that gives us flexibility. We, we do a lot with that. And right now in my team, there are people who are with zero engineering experience, but they're all engineers with the help of ChatGPT. They're, they're all writing Python scripts to solve a lot of complex SEO problems and data analysis problems as well. Got you. And um, you also covered content as well. So you get many differing opinions on this. You know, some people will think, well, you've got to be very careful about getting AI to write content for you. How much involvement should you give AI in the creation of content? Yeah, I think I have been doing that uh, for many years now. So AI is still new, but I, I started, you know, this content production at scale like six years, seven years back. I started with normal templates and then conditional templates. And then we used this machine called Rosé NLG, which is a natural language generation uh, machine. And then we started using more advanced technologies. So yeah, about the tools right now, ChatGPT is definitely, you know, my go-to tool when it comes to content production. But I'm also using some sophisticated, more advanced tools like Jasper, Writesonic. So these tools are great if you prefer a nice looking UI and, you know, more structured way of producing your content. Yeah, you can go with these tools. And not just only for content production, I've also been using AI for content translation as well. So I was using DeepL. It's brilliant translator, 100 times better than Google Translate. And I, I was using that uh, before. And now we have started also using ChatGPT because it gives me the flexibility that I can train my machine. I can say, hey, here's the content. I need, you know, like more expanded version of that along with the translation. So I have everything at one place. And therefore, I prefer using ChatGPT. But yeah, it needs some training and it also needs some manual intervention to basically train the machine and control the outcome. Yeah. Okay. Great, great advice there as well. And a great, uh, a few resources that you mentioned, including deepl.com for the translations and specifically for producing the content. Um, I mean, do you not have any issues with um, getting ChatGPT or another uh, Jasper or another piece of AI software to actually create just the content and you copy and paste that and you publish it on your website? Do you not have any inf uh, hu human involvement in that content creation process? No, 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 we definitely do. Right. And because it, it's end of the day, it's machine, right? The machine doesn't understand how your brand guidelines look. Machine doesn't understand a lot of things and it is just generating content based on whatever data it could process and, you know, give you some like spin version of that. So ethical considerations are very, really important. And for example, you're, I'm living in Germany. So data privacy is a big topic here, right? So we also look at that as well because AI would give you a lot of sensitive information. Right. How you use, you use that, it can also create problems. So, yeah, for ethical considerations, data privacy, we definitely look at this. And also, on top of that, when we are writing this content, we are not writing only for machines. Gone are the days where you are writing content for machines and you are making Google Googlebot happy. Right now, the, the content should be more user-centric. If your user is happy, you don't have to worry about keeping or making your search engine bot happy. They would be happy, of course. So, yes, 
we definitely include that personalization, that human touch. And as I mentioned about ethical considerations and data privacy, that's also part of that. And for this, we definitely have someone who understands the product for which we are writing content, sitting on top of the process and controlling everything which is generated by, but not by, but with the help of uh, ChatGPT, for instance. Okay, so um, I mean, just to cl- just to clarify human involvement, then, so it's all about initially the quality of the prompts to begin with, uh, about ensuring that uh, brand guidelines are kept to the phraseology, the language, the writing style is communicated to the AI to begin with. Uh, the piece of content is produced, and then you've got a product specialist who understands the marketplace, reviewing the content and perhaps tweaking it slightly before it's published. Absolutely, that's exactly right. And we also published an ebook on this uh, like three months back. It is available on podpresso.com and the slug is AI prompts for SEO. You can search for that, you'll get it. So it covers a lot of these great uh, prompts which are working for us like magic. And I've also covered a lot of advice, tips from SEOs all over the world. And yeah, I would highly recommend checking it out. And in terms of translation, you, you mentioned DeepL, and obviously translation software is getting better and better all the time. But um, the challenge with that is that um, you don't necessarily want a direct translation when you're moving into another market. Um, there can be unique expressions or unique search volume that you've got to find based upon that local market as well. So it's best practice to do the translation initially, then give it to someone locally to actually review and perhaps um, op- optimize from their knowledge on the ground? Yeah, so I think it's, again, I mean, here also I would uh, be following the same process where someone is involved who is domain expert, who is native speaker, who understand, you know, how people in that particular geography uh, think about uh, think about anything that you are basically offering. And then this person is involved in the whole process. From the beginning, training that, hey, for example, if you're talking about buses in Germany, that's called coaches in, in the UK, right? If you're talking about football versus soccer in the UK versus in the US, yeah, right? In the US, football is a different game altogether, right? So you would train your machines already that, hey, look, this is what, you know, football is called in the US, which is a different game than, you know, soccer, which is football in the UK, right? You would train your machines with that. And then your machines will produce content or translate content, which would be of of much better quality than if you ask your machines to produce this content without that training. And then once the content is produced, the person who's involved in the process would take a look at it again and will give the final, you know, good to go. When we were using DeepL, even that time, it was working pretty good for most of European languages. But interestingly, there were languages, for example, English to French translation was not that great. English to Sweden translation was not great, not, not that great. But if you talk about English to German translation, English to Italian, English to Spanish, it was almost close to perfect. So the native speakers who were reviewing the content, they were happy. They were hardly making any changes. But yeah, French uh, native speaker, she was disappointed looking at the content produced by DeepL in the beginning at least. And then we trained and yeah, we got better at that, that as well. Superb. Okay. And um, your example of um, different keywords, different phraseology for different countries. I mean, the UK is a little bit funny. Uh, I think in um, cities, you'd call them buses, but for intercity transport, you'd call them coaches. But (laughs) that's um, a little bit too much information, possibly. So uh, AI, uh, we've covered um, a lot about um, SEOs using AI tools to make what they do in a day-to-day 
basis more productive. But what about how the way that AI is changing search results and going to change search results? How, how are search engine algorithms evolving? And what impact is AI having in this? And what do SEOs need to do to, to their content to take advantage of this? Yeah. Well, SERP has been changing, uh, you know, forever. I mean, I don't remember like, you know, any year where I did not see like significant changes in SERP, right? And that will continue to happen. But now with SGE, I think there are more major changes where you're asking for something, especially for informational content. In informational intent content, you're getting the content, you're getting the answer there itself. You don't have to click anywhere. But I think more than of a problem for, for SEO, it is a problem for search engine bots on how they show this content. Right, because for them, um, of course, I mean, they want to make money, right? And if they give everything there itself, and uh, you without even clicking anywhere, you're getting everything there. Then how would they make money? So they also want to keep the links there, the paid links, and also the organic links, right? So yes, it's changing, and I think the businesses which are serving more informational intent, blogs, for instance, right they would probably suffer because now like most of their content or all of their content is available there without any research. Even for me, I mean, I'm talking about my personal use cases as well. I used to go and do like detailed research on things like, you know, how should be the maternity policy, you know, for a company or for that matter, if you are, you know, like using rice model of uh, for prioritization, how does that work? But now I just go to chat GPT, give a command or two, I get the answer I'm looking for. So for me, life is very easy. Like I was giving probably five links before to different websites, but now that has reduced to zero. But when it comes to more transactional, I'm still going to Google and, you know, searching for what I'm looking for and still transacting the way I was before. So yeah, I think everything informational, it has gone for a toss for sure. So what does that mean for SEO strategies for informational type queries? Uh, is it still important to publish blog posts and uh, publish posts, pages, targeting these long tail questions to target that, that, that initial traffic or is there a better way to do it now? No, 100%. I think you should definitely do that because now if you see like SERP is changing, you would also see that, you know, along with the detailed answer that Google or for that matter, other search engines are giving you, they're also giving you links from where, you know, this content was basically extracted. Right. So in that case, you definitely get brand visibility. So if someone is searching for something and the answer appears, which is was also covered in your blog, right? So you would be mentioned there. So people would know that, hey, you know, I I got this answer and this was covered by David.com, for instance, right? So you're getting brand visibility there. That's number one. And also if you're like too afraid about anything that's coming in SG, you can also now disallow the chat GPT bot, right? Or yeah, these basically all the bots, right? AI bots. Are you contemplating advising any of your clients to do that? Well, right now, uh, not because I'm working mostly with, uh, yeah, transactional based businesses. So I think nothing is changing for them right now, at least. But what type of business may you advise them to do that? I think uh, if we talk about more news centric businesses, so I'm working with a business uh, which is talking about everything startups so you know funding news and everything around that and they have a lot of content which is uh, behind the paywall as well right so here if all the content that they have it's accessed by search uh, by crawling bots but if it's available and kind of pulled by them and uh, now 
published for free, then their revenue model is basically, yeah, is kind of compromised, I would say. He's in the bin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If an SEO is struggling for time, what should they stop doing right now so they can spend more time learning and implementing AI in 2024? Yeah, I would say uh, you need to basically start with the basics. So try to understand, you know, how AI, uh, you know, works, right? So start with very basic. Try to understand different types of prompts. So again, I'm promoting my book here. So you can just download that and it, it covers everything. You do not need anything else. It talks about different types of prompts that you can use, right? And then you also need to play with different machines which can help you do what you want to do. For example, ChatGPT is pretty awesome or Perplexity if you want to start with that, right? And then if you want to go with more like sophisticated solutions, so yeah, you can try Jasper for content production or WriteSonic. They are pretty good as well. And yes, I think it's very important to understand your SEO use cases, what you want to try. Right, you can't just say that, hey, you know, I'm comfortable with ChatGPT. What to do now? You need to understand what you want to solve with that. And once you have those solutions with you, then uh, select the AI tools or platforms from, uh, you know, like a few of them I mentioned. But there are lots and lots, and every day, hundreds of new platforms are coming. Right, so you can try those tools and train uh, the machines and tune them, and then try it. Right, and then I think it's very important that you know sometimes you won't get the ideal outcome in the first try. So iterate and refine. And then it's very important, especially when you're producing content, to you know keep ethical considerations and data privacy in your process. Because it's end of the day machine which is producing content for you. They would not think about your user. They do not know what your users are looking for, right? So you definitely need to have that. And also data privacy. Your machines might also give you some like content which you might not want to show on your website for data privacy reasons. So make sure that that is also covered. Nitin Manchanta is founder and chief SEO consultant at Botpresso. You can find him over at botpresso.com. Nitin, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2024. Thank you, David, for having me. I've been your host, David Bain. Get your copy of SEO in 2024, the book, over at seoin2024.com. <laughs>